you're not connecting. I don't see that sparkle in your eye. You're not connecting with that. And when you, when I hear you talk about your story, I see you sparkle when you talk about how you've helped your apprentices. I, I, I see your face light up when you talk about how you help someone with a tool or a, or, or whatever, you know, and that was, that was it. I pivoted when I was already, you know, an official entrepreneur. Hey there, and welcome to Let's Work On This, podcast for all of us that have that inkling to do something different, be someone different, or have something different. This podcast will introduce you to people who are just like you, people that have stuck their toe in the water and are still making their way towards their goal. They haven't crossed the finish line. They're still working on it and they want you to know it's possible for you to get started too. I'm Allie Lopez, the ultimate researcher and lifetime learner who at 45 years old just discovered how imperfect action gets me closer to the life and the results I want. You've heard it before and I will say it again. It's progress over perfection. Now join me, my guests, and connect with this community as we work on this. Hey guys, I recently had an incredible conversation with the amazing Jeanette Seffray. And let me tell you, it's a journey worth tuning in for. Jeanette bravely left her 27-year corporate gig in the midst of the pandemic, and she dove headfirst into entrepreneurship. She and I explored her doubts about her business acumen and how the entrepreneur community became her rock of support. We delved into the lies so many of us women tell ourselves about not being capable of running a business and that huge imposter syndrome that follows us around. Jeanette shared some corporate skills are more transferable than what we think and how finding the right people can fill in the gaps. That's really huge. We didn't shy away from the real talk either. Jeanette opened up about a failed product lunch where she had no one show up. But you know what? She pushed through, she recorded anyway, and gained a newfound confidence. We learned that failures and iterations are just part of the entrepreneurial process. But one big theme that emerged was the power of consistency and showing up authentically. Jeanette highlighted how this builds genuine connections and a supportive community, which is the lifeblood of entrepreneurship. I think it's the lifeblood of anything you want to be successful in. Jeanette's on a mission to help women make bold choices, opting out of what no longer serves them and starting something new. It's a journey of resilience, authenticity, and the courage to forge your path. So... Buckle up for this empowering ride, you guys. Jeanette's story is one you don't want to miss. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. The whole premise of your business is working toward that dream of being an entrepreneur and getting away from corporate rat race. Your business activation coach sounds so explosive, like, boom, let's go. So why don't you tell... Tell me a little bit about how you got here, where you are as an entrepreneur. So how did I get to be an entrepreneur? It actually, the pandemic, to be quite honest, the pandemic is really 
was the vehicle. It it was the opportunity that came along and I took advantage of. And I was quite happy in corporate. Actually, I had been there for 27 years at that time. And I was finally at a point where I was high as I, as I was going to get. Um, I was respected. I carved out a niche for myself. People, you know, knew me for specific things and they were coming to me for consultation, et cetera. And then the pandemic happened and I realized myself that I can do that stuff with my eyes closed, but I, so I wasn't fulfilled. If I was really truly being honest with myself, I wasn't fulfilled. And perhaps partly it was because I thought maybe I would go higher when I realized I wouldn't, then that's when, you know, my side hustle started and my side hustle is now my main hustle. What was it that happened that made you realize you were at the top of where of your profession? I, I think so many of us don't realize this is as good as it's going to get. We mm. think that there's something like, oh, I'll be able to get here. But then one day, what happened for you that you realized you weren't going to get CEO of your company? In this particular company in Europe and especially in, in France, you need a degree. I had, I have no degree. I have a degree in life. I have a degree in motherhood. I have a degree in a lot of other things, life related, but I don't have an official degree. And my part of, it's funny because part of my blueprint was I was supposed to be a nurse, right? Because I'm Filipino. So that's like the whole like joke, right? But I was a young mom and I didn't, I couldn't finish my nursing. And when you have children, you know, you're responsible, you know, and you have to do what you have to do. And that, that started my corporate life. And where I was, they won't give you that type of title, CEO or manager. So that was the reality. It was a hard reality because I, I knew my, I knew my value and I knew my job. I can do my job with my eyes closed. And there was a reason why people came to me for certain things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where, when I started to sort of like disconnect is too strong of a word, but you know, you're, you're not in it, right? The heart is not in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're like, oh, I can't do it here, but I'll do it for myself. Yeah. And I thought I can do it for myself. And I had, you know, all these ideas for everyone else. And that's what was my dream job. In fact, I always said when I was in corporate, I was like, I wish I was, I wish there was a role for professional brainstormer because I loved brainstorming. I love ideation. I love creating things. I love finding solutions. Yeah. And that's how it all started. I just started helping friends who they themselves left corporate and started their own business and because they knew who I was they just started asking me for advice and there's a couple of them who took my advice and who started their business with either campaigns I've suggested names their business names you know things like that so I knew there was something there but I just didn't know how to like get there yeah and then once you left what kind of fears did you face? Or did you have any moments of regret? Like after you're like, bye, I'm going to do this. And you start, you're like, okay, I, now I'm going to own my own business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to help other entrepreneurs where you're like, oh my God, what have I done? 
Not regret, actually, but I had a lot of doubts and, and fears. So when I made the decision to leave and I was so excited and I'm going to do this and whatnot. And I really feel I felt secure because my first, you know, when you're when you're jumping from corporate to entrepreneurship. And at that time, when I did the jump, I was financially secure, you know, for for a time frame because I worked for the company for seven years and I, I got this package. Right. And so it was easy for me to jump. And the only doubts and fears that I had was, could I do it? And am I, do I have the business acumen to do this? I have the initiative. I, I, I'm excited, you know, all that stuff, but that's what I doubted and feared is would I have, would I succeed in actually doing it? Mm -hmm. Right. So I didn't regret it. I'm glad I made the leap, but leaving the security of corporate, which in the end is a false sense of security because you can be gone just like that. That was a tough part. Really, because you, you really get dependent on all those things. It's what they have to offer you, right? So you get dependent on that. You know, you get dependent on the insurance. You get dependent on, you know, on uh, if your computer breaks, you know, you have a help desk. You, you get dependent on a lot of things, the perks that you get. And here in France, you get a lot of perks. I like some perks. Yeah, it was, it was, there were great perks. Can you hear them just one second? Can you hear downstairs? No. Perks. We left off at perks. Oh yeah. But you mentioned you had had some doubts about your business acumen and if you knew how to run a business. And that probably might be something that prevents a lot of women. They think they have to know how to be a an accountant and an economics person and all this. What did you find out as you first were getting started about what it really took and what knowledge you really had to have to start a business? I think coming from corporate, you don't realize how much of a business acumen you have as a foundation and base. You may not know the deep, you know, ins and outs of it. But as I was going through the process, I realized that I thought I was alone and I thought I'd really have to struggle to, you know, to improve my business acumen, right? And I, just to clarify what, what I mean by business acumen was it, sorry, is, you know, the administrative part, right? You know, how do, you know, what do I need to do to be an entrepreneur, right? Especially in France, I'm an American in France. So that was really stressing me a little bit. You know, the money part, like the, all the financials, just like really, that was a lot of my fear. Little still is a little bit, but what I realized is that there are people out there, the entrepreneur community, there are people out there who will really help you. And I'm lucky in France, there's a lot of schemes, there's a lot of programs. When when I left corporate and took this special package, the, the equivalent of the unemployment office knew about this. So when they onboarded me, in because when I left corporate, I was eligible for unemployment, even if I had a package because of this, because of the setup that they have here. And I have, I have it for two years. What? Yeah. And I have wow. it. Yeah. And I, it's for 70% of my salary. So I'm absolutely grateful that that happened. And this is why I was telling you earlier that I was really financially secure where I was able to take the time to, to just think really about doing what I needed to do. And going back to your question, it 
it is those things that I thought I needed to know. And it didn't help that people around me who I thought would support me, specifically my my ex, I always heard like, oh, it's so hard here. You know, we don't know anything about the French system and things of that, you know, and, and, and I bought into it. I really bought into it. And I forgot, like, I forgot who I am. I'm like, you're a strong person. You, you know what to do. You know how to look for information, you know, mm-hmm. you know how to look for it and you know who to ask, right? I have good connections. So when I realized that I, all I just needed to do was put my hand out there and just ask, I realized there was, you know, that it was doable because there are many, many people who will help you. And isn't it, have you found when you have decided to do that, everybody's cheering for you? The, 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 it's not competition that a lot of people think when they start their own or when they have this business idea. When you go to other people that maybe have, have only been in business for six months, but you say, oh, okay, you've been in business six months now. I'm starting. What do I need? And they're like, oh my God, let me tell you, here's the greatest thing. Go to this bank and open your business account with this bank because they offer XYZ. Let me give you the name of the guy that does my books. They automatically are cheering for you and want you to have, keep doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you don't know them. Yeah. You don't know them at all. And here they are helping you. It's what I love about the entrepreneur community, actually. I had a wrong idea of what an entrepreneur community is, actually. And stepping into this i it was hard to take off that corporate hat or that yeah that corporate hat really really hard because my attitude going in was exactly that i mean after 20 plus years truthfully 30 years if i count all of my corporate life together it's 30 plus years and mm, there's so the entrepreneur community is so helpful you know there you get the people you get some people that are a bit like you know, guarding their space, but that's really the minority. The majority of them are really helpful. And I'm so thankful for that. So thankful. Yeah. I think that's been one of the most eye-opening experiences about connecting with other women who are not 22, nothing against 22-year-olds, but the community that I met you in, most of us are, are over 35. Yeah, You know, we're at a different stage of our life and there's fear of having the right systems in place and we're help, we help each other. Yeah, we encourage and we help each other with the iterations, the multiple iterations that come along with your original business idea. I think that's really important. You know, what you started off doing has morphed into other things as well. And you've recognized your stronger strength in certain areas of becoming a business activation coach. And I think when you help other women, you help them realize their first iteration, their first idea is not going to be the end all be all. Yeah. I have mentor now. I also mentor with professional women's network. It's a company here and I have my mentee, she said something today in our session. She's and she said, "No, I'll get it right the very first time because that's just her her way of being, right?" 
and she's in our age group. And I thought, that's fine if you can, but if you can't, it's fine too. If you can't, it's fine too. And I think not everyone is like that, but I think in our mind, it's like that. I know that it takes me several times before I get it. Sometimes those several times span over months. Um, and I'm an example of years. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's some things are years. And when it clicks, it clicks. But I think this is what entrepreneurship has taught me, that it's never final. It's exactly like you said, Ali. It's iterations of who you were last, who your business was, where, where your business was. Maybe not yesterday, but maybe a month ago, you know, there are a lot of transitions that you and I went through in our time where we were, we completely changed. Like we did a 180. Mm -hmm. We did a 180. And I don't know if that's for the good or for the bad, but like we really grew exponentially in that year together. I saw your growth for sure, even if you didn't feel it. Because I know I didn't feel it at times, but other people have mentioned it. What was it? Motorcycle revving because <laughs> he's so macho. Sorry. Okay. At night. You take on a new lady. A lady reaches out to you and says, okay, I have a thousand ideas swirling in my head, but I have this really deep one on my heart. How do you help these women get it from their brain and their heart? How do you work on that with them? Well, I, I'll tell you what I actually do with a client. Oh, if you don't mind. (laughs) After our, let's say, discovery conversation with each other, once the first thing we do as my client is I have her take a piece of paper and I have her fold it in three. And so you have three columns, right? So the first column is I ask her to title it where I am today. And I have her do this in this order. The third column is me in three years, five years, whatever. And then the last thing she fills out, and this is the second column, and the title of it is, how do I get there, right? So going back to the first column, I have them put just the facts. I'm in a nine to five job. I earn 50,000 a year. I'm a homeowner. I have three kids. I have two cars. I'm not fulfilled at work, but it's a steady paycheck. And it usually starts with I'm because it's today, mm-hmm. right? The third column is I will own my business in X. I will serve my ideal client and I will make a difference in people's lives starting with my own. I will be baking three times or 10 times or whatever times what I am making now, et cetera, et cetera. So what I've just shared with you are just the prompts to get them going, mm-hmm. but to give them space to, to do that. So I have them. We take a five-minute break. She's reading exactly what she's put in. There's like this gap in the middle, and she's like, hmm. So we come back. She thought about it a little bit, and I said, now list all the ideas on how you can get from here, first column, to the third column. And start with the phrase, I can quit my job to start my entrepreneurship. 
I can start saving every month to build my my little nest egg to start my business. I can start cutting coupons so that I can save money, whatever it is. I can start taking classes so that I am ready when I exit corporate. I can work three hours a week in the evenings on my logo and brand colors. Right. I can start dreaming and create a vision board so that I already know what it looks like in the end. So that's the first thing that I, that we do. And it, it, because what I found with my clients is that they, they just don't feel that they're capable. Right. Eventually when we start going, they're going to have a block. It's usually the fear and the doubt sitting in. I, and I know how that looks because it happened exactly to me. Well, I was going to say, I think some of us also need permission, like, someone to validate that our idea is good because we might not have a spouse that believes that there's opportunity in this. We might be a single mom or we might, you know, just, we need permission from someone like you or even our friends sometimes aren't. That's not, we, we need permission from somebody who has that drive like us, you know, and our friends right. might not have that drive. Absolutely. And I think that it's funny because I almost think as this entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial community, as sort of like the bartenders, you know how you go to a bar, the bartenders there and, you know, they ask one question, how are you doing tonight? And it's like vomit, you know, like you, you absolutely, you absolutely dump and whatnot. And because it's safe in the sense that I'm not, I'm maybe not going to see this person ever, 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 or maybe tomorrow. You know what I mean? It, there's just no thing there. And I think with with people who care for us, I think they feel that they are supporting us by being completely honest and just sharing how they feel. So it's not that. It's it's maybe sometimes the delivery, and it's sometimes the look on their face oh, when you yeah. tell them this is what you're going for and they don't even have to say a word and you know already by the look on their face like okay you're going to do that you know you know that look mm-hmm. um that happened to me with like i was like i shared with you with my my ex-husband didn't really say no don't do it he didn't really say he didn't really stop so that happened with my ex-husband he didn't really say no he didn't really say don't do it but he planted negative seeds he planted seeds in me that yeah he's right we're in france we're american like there's probably so many things that we don't know how can we possibly know if i do go for this i have to hire a lawyer i have to hire this and that and i really don't have the money i'm an idea generator and i'm really like i can do this i just have to find find what i just need to know what to do and that's it but he was a dream crusher. So what did you tell yourself? Anyway. I kept everything. I kept everything inside. And I kept saying, telling myself one day, one day I'll do it. One day. And it happened at, at the job too. I remember we were doing this event 
and they always want something different. But when you propose something different, it usually costs more money. Oh yeah. And and whatnot. And I proposed at the time was innovative, right? And it was so innovative that my manager at the time said, Janet, I know you're you're ahead of the curve, but we can only go as fast as they want us to go. And I, I pause and I'm like, so what about all these ideas like that I have? Like in like in corporate, like I know it'll move the needle, right? And that is when I think that switch turned off. That's when I went into I'll do my job and that's it. Because I was above and beyond girl. I really was. And at that point when when I knew that I can only go as fast as the slowest person or as a slowest decision. The slowest decision, yeah. That is really what what turned me around and that's when I started not working as late or or just leaving at exactly five or six, whatever the time was. I came in and I started at nine. I got I may have gotten to the job early, but I had an one I sat in the canteen, this canteen we had where we can have breakfast and whatnot. I sat in there for an hour and, and I left at like eight minutes before the hour to because I knew that's how long it took to walk to my office. Yeah. I I, I, I stopped. Mm. Yeah. I, I still I, I was still efficient in my job, but that fire was just quelled at work and then personally I went inside did you keep journals did you keep like ideas (laughs) I have so many journals I've been keeping journals since my kids were very young and they're in their 30s now and I kept it all in there, all in there. I want you to have that event that nobody was ready for. I think we should have it now or something. Yeah, I have a retreat in my mind. Yeah, I do. I have this retreat in my mind already, and I know exactly who I need to invite. I know exactly what I want to do. I know it. I'm just the – it's not here yet. It's not the time yet. But I have a specific journal for my business. It's sort of like a wish list. And on there is my retreat. I have a section for the retreat. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. sounds and like I think a good I, place to start for somebody. You know, like if they're starting to have these inklings of not feeling fulfilled in corporate, but also having a fear of starting their own business, like all the things that it entails, how will I manage this? Maybe just starting in a journal of all these hopes and thoughts and dreams of if I could, if I did one day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if, if one thing that I didn't lose was hope. I'm a hopeful person anyway, but when hope dies, everything else sort of dies with it. Right. Meaning Meaning to say, if, if if you stop dreaming that dream, if you stop, and for me, I want to go back a little bit because achieving your dreams doesn't, for me, in my definition, in my hopeful eyes, the fact that I'm still thinking about owning a business, starting my own business, this was my side hustle, I've already achieved my dream. 
because I know it's going to happen eventually. I know that within myself. So a lot of people think, oh, you know, you've reached your dream when when you've done it, when when you have it. And for me, that's not it. I reached my dream when I'm still excited about it. I'm still writing about it. I'm still thinking about it. The ideas keep on coming about my retreat. I still find different ways of helping women. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm already living my dream. I'm not waiting until I start my – I didn't wait until I started my business to feel that I've reached my dream. It was only a matter of time before that happened. Yeah. I I completely understand what you mean. Like being able to do it for you is the dream come true. Yeah. And being able to change your mind. Or like you said earlier, we both have done 180. Guess what? You can do a 180 back to where you started because it's your business and that's part of the iteration and you're living your dreams because you're yeah. still doing things for you. Yeah, I my explanation might be a little bit different from yours, but I know where you're coming from with that. There's a a peacefulness, even though you want it to be a great reflection of how hard you thought about it and how much you love it. And the word perfection definitely comes into play here. You want it to be absolutely perfect for the person that you're presenting it to. But the person that you're presenting it to is just appreciative of you being there to present. Yeah. Like, you know, you're there for someone who needs your help. If there wasn't anyone like you to help women go from their idea to their business, then we'd really be stuck and screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thankful that you're available. Yeah. And actually, that was the that was the catalyst. Because so when I started my business, it wasn't for what I'm doing now. Right. That was still like a, a side hustle. What I actually selected to do, because in this program, you had to select the type of business that you wanted to go into and you had to present a business plan. Right. And in order for you to get approved. Right. Because this was a program. It wasn't something that you were given and whatnot. It had to be approved. And I did. And it was approved. And I and I went on my way. And it was my coach was our coach who said, why? Why don't you do this? The other thing, you're not connecting. I don't see that sparkle in your eye. You're not connecting with that. And when you, when I hear you talk about your story, I see you sparkle when you talk about how you've helped your apprentices. I, I, I see your face light up when you talk about how you help someone with a tool or a, or, or whatever, you know, and that was, that was it. I pivoted when I was already, you know, an official entrepreneur. I bet you pivot again. Probably. So in my actually my first content piece as an entrepreneur in LinkedIn, because that's where my audience is, the first thing I wrote was an article and the title of it is I became that someone. Because I did not have that someone. I wish I had someone to walk me through corporate. I wish I had someone to tell me there is each company has their own culture. Whether you see it as good or a bad culture or whatever, they have their own culture. I have, I wish there was someone to walk me through that. I wish there was someone to say, this is what you need to do in order to get there. You know, you got to play the game. You got to, you know, constantly show, show up because sometimes good work is not just good work. 
you know what I mean? I'd say 90% and, of the time, good work is not just good work. Yeah. And, and these apprentices that really energized me, they were coming in from university and they had great education. It's wonderful. But when they came into this corporate environment, they were like, oh my God, like, why is it like this? Like, <laughs> it's like this. But isn't it supposed to be this and this? You know, you know, we learn in school this, this, and this. Yeah, it can't be like that. And this is where I realized there's a disconnect between the the theory, even though they've worked in jobs before and whatnot. But when you work for a big corporate company, it's it's different. And I wish I had someone to do that. And I was that for them. And they've always mentioned it. They always mentioned, even at the time, that was like, whew, that was a, a long time ago. I would say maybe 10 years ago. They said, you, be, you should become a life coach. And I was like, me, a coach? No, I don't know. I just, I just pushed that away for the longest time. And I just wanted to be that one to help them, these, these young corporate women, you know, these young women who were, who they wanted to grow up in corporate. Okay. You want to grow up in corporate? Let me guide you. The, let me give you some guidance then. Mm-hmm. Are all of them still in? Do you know? Are they? Are they're they? still in corporate. They're still in corporate life. They're not in the same company, but they're still in corporate life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I it's think, hard. I think. Go ahead. I think the kids nowadays, they shift. I've been in the same company for 27 years. I don't think any of them <laughs> have stayed for 10. I was going to say five. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's so freeing when you can see the other side. I call it the grind. I'm sure everybody calls it the grind. Wake up, go to work. And then when you decide to become an entrepreneur, you're like, oh, all right, I can I can work from three to ten tonight, and I can work on my bookkeeping. I can do my marketing. I can uh, create my business budget, not only in the hours of nine to five. And it's freeing when you break yourself free of that. It's it's hard, but it's freeing. I I can never go back to working for somebody else. I completely agree. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I wrote a post about that. Not a post. It, it actually was an Instagram story about my day, what my work day looks like. And I went to my old village and I had breakfast first, as I would normally. And the salon that I go to was in the village. So I made an appointment. At, you know, at the same time. And after doing that, had my lunch meeting. After the lunch meeting, another colleague joined and un- another entrepreneur joined. We were just brainstorming in the little cafe, having a healthy lunch. And it was lovely, but I was working. Yeah, you and got it, things accomplished to move the needle forward in your business. Yeah, but that work can look like that. Work doesn't have to be four walls Mm. that you go someplace okay I still went someplace but do you know what I mean it doesn't have to be a cubicle it doesn't have to be in your home in fact you know you're 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 working and I for one 
being brought up the way I was, very, you know, traditional, find, find a nine-to-five job and stay there forever, get your 401k insurance. You know, I was, I, there was, I would never have thought I can do this. And that's why, that's why I, I created the story because you know what? Work can look like this too. Mm-hmm. And if this is what you want to do, it can happen. We're not bound, you know, thank goodness. Technology has helped us come to a point where we don't have to be bound to a building. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think that being able to get your hair done, have a lunch meeting and meet with another person on a random Tuesday is what keeps the entrepreneurial flame going for you? I mean, we it, it all comes in ebbs and flows, right? I would say being able to work when I want partly keeps the flame going for me when I have closed a transaction and I've made somebody happy. That really um, fuels my fire. But I think the main flame for me is being able to make my own decisions and not have to have someone that I have to get permission from. But you're in France. There are boulangeries. Is that how you say it? Yes. Boulangeries. There are boulangeries <laughs> everywhere. The wine in France is second to none. Uh, may I also mention that you're pretty coastal. You're pretty close to the coast. Like being able to just go out and see those things and go to those places at any time of the day. Is that what keeps the flame going for you? Like I'm in France and I own my own freaking <laughs> business. I can do whatever I want. This is the life that I want. And I, yes. Or, or is it something else? I think it's, I think you've hit on probably the main ones. So the first thing that keeps the flame going is just helping people. I think I was, I was meant to be of service to people. I love helping people. And you know that question that you always get asked, if you didn't, if you didn't, if you didn't want any money or need any money or whatever, what would you be doing? This is what I would still be doing. I love helping people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not always good for my business, as our, our coach will tell us, <laughs> but I honestly love helping people. Uh, it's always, it, it's it's who I've been. You know, I'm a nurturer. I'm a connector. I'm a teacher. I'm a supporter. I've just been that person who will be always be of service. I just have to remember to be that way for myself as well. Yeah. And when I help people realize something, you know, complete a task, reach, you know, a milestone, then a goal, then a dream, and then reach their vision, it's absolutely priceless, cliche. It's a cliche thing to say, but it's absolutely priceless. So that's the first thing. The fact that my location where I am is such, is like a bonus. I literally can walk 12 minutes and I'll be at my favorite cafe that is alongside the sea. And I just literally walk 10 steps and it's there and i that's what i usually do i work in the cafe they know me there already i can leave my stuff and i'll take i'll get a sandwich or something 
from the boulangerie and then I'll go across the street and I'll eat my sandwich, you know, reflect, write in my journal, talk to people, whatever. And the freedom that I can do that is probably what keeps the flame going, right? And I, like you, if I have to go to corporate world, back to corporate world, it's because I need to. I mean, let's be real. We need to, we have bills, we have responsibilities, et cetera. That's the third thing that keeps me going is that I will make sure that (laughs) I continue doing what I'm doing and because I don't, I, I want the, I want the freedom. You know, I want to be able to go to the U.S., work from my son's house, and spend time with my grandson at the same time. Right. I want to be able to travel to Asia every year. You know, and work there if I want to or not. That for me, that freedom specifically is just is just it's just priceless you it can just sounds like the, how could i how could you not be refreshed and have ideas flowing when you have the beautiful ocean and the opportunity to not feel the pressure yeah i mean I think I mean it's a it's a good point and and I could I I could stay in my in I have my little home office here. I could stay here, right? But I've made the choice to really go out and and do that because my job my role needs me to be creative and be solu- solution oriented. Right. So I need and I'm a creative person. So I need those things to. To get me into that space to be the best person I can be for my clients. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to knowing yourself. I've done like the first six months of after I've left corporate. Honestly, I took three months to myself. I thought I would only take one month for myself after working 27 years. I thought it would only take one month, but I'm like, oh, I like this. I'll take three months. <laughs> That's called a sabbatical, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it is. So I did. And in that time, I did so many assessments. I did so many of those assessments. But I learned a lot of things about myself. And for anyone, my clients, I, I tell them, you're going to learn more about yourself in the next six months then you never knew existed. You're going to know how fragile you are. You're going to know how strong you are. You're going to know your strengths and you're going to know your weaknesses because, you know, when you're in corporate, you might have had to quell those either strengths or weaknesses for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you you know, number one, you can't, you can only move as fast as the slowest (laughs) decision, right? So you can't do that. So, you learn so much about yourself. And I know, going back to your question of being able to do that, I know I need to, all my senses need to be engaged. And that's why I, that's why I choose to surround myself in that, in the environment that I need to be successful. I think the first six months of a big change, you know, I've been, a realtor for 10 years 
but it wasn't until last year that I sought branding coaching. Okay. Like how how to show up as authentically you and attract more clients. Six months into that was mind blowing about who I thought I was and who I really am but also mind-blowing in the stupid lies that I had been telling myself about my capabilities. And I think it's really important for the lady that's listening right now who is thinking about leaving her corporate life and she might have that naysayer that she considers an important part of her life telling her that she can't. But that is also feeding into the lies that she's telling herself. What is something, I mean, I I know it because I've worked with a coach, but some women don't know how important a coach could be. You know it because you've worked with a coach and you are now coaching women. What's one of the lies you think we tell ourselves when we get started? And why would you tell her that that lie? is absolutely not true. I mean, this is a pretty pointed question, but. Yeah, there's so many ways to answer this question. Um, I think there's two things specifically for me that I think most of us, certainly all my clients thus far have experienced, is the first one is their capability. I don't think I can do that. I'm, 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 I'm not capable of doing that because I, I, I suck at math. I don't like numbers. I'm not creative. I can't do, I can't do social media. They're not capable of doing it. So that's the first lie because you are. If you're a mom, you're capable of anything. Oh I God. believe, <laughs> I believe, right? If you're in a managerial position at work at any level, you know, if you can, life you're capable pretty much right so that's the lie we tell ourselves because we're going into the unknown right and and that's when the passion is strong but the the fear is stronger yeah yeah so and the second thing is is imposter syndrome i mean that's something that i deal with all the time and it comes in various forms, right? My particular imposter syndrome is linked to my uh, my credibility. Maybe that's not the right word, but the fact that I don't have any accredit- accreditation, degrees, anything to validate me. Mm. So that's the root of my imposter syndrome. And what I love about our coach is that, you know, one of the things I remember that she said was people can question your degrees, people can, you know, all of that kind of stuff, but they can't question your knowledge. It's yours. Mm-hmm. They can't question your experience. It's yours. They can't question your insight because those are yours. And even if you don't have a degree, you lived it. And and I'm proof of that. Whether I have a degree or not, it, it really shaped it changed my trajectory I think I would have been further back a little bit if I didn't realize certain things that was one of them 
another thing was, and she says it all the time, you're two steps ahead of someone. Someone is always going to need that expertise that you have. It's a matter of, you know, finding them, right? Them finding you, you finding them, however. So that's another one. Another one is the lie. This is connected to the, your lie question of you have to be perfect. You know, the whole perfection thing. I never thought I was a perfectionist, but when I took three weeks to, to post my first post as a, as my business on, on Instagram, the first question is, why are you trying to be perfect? And of course I got defensive. I'm like, I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm the last person trying to be perfect. She's like, okay. <laughs> you know, and, straight to my face right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I learned to let it go, like do it and then let it go. Cause in one week, in one day, no one's going to go back to that post. Unless they're truly so to get in. I don't, head, I, I, I nobody don't know. Cares. Oh, yeah, exa yeah, exactly. Unless for that someone who does care, guess what? They're going to look for you and they're going to look at all of that. But that's a drop in the bucket. And that's someone who really wants to connect with you. And that's something you nurture. And that's something, you know, when you start, it's interesting because on that note, that's the trigger. Like when all of a sudden you get like five likes, ding, 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 and you're like, oh, okay, got to watch that person. But no one else, but other than that, no one will. So I learned to let go. Post it, let it go. On to the next. Mm -hmm. That's it. You cannot, you almost have to treat it like a, a task. And it is, and it is a task. And that's how I, that's how I teach my clients to do it as well. It's like, look, you got to do what you got to do to get to the next step. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot, you, you cannot know everything about these social platforms if you if you can't even post one post right you know you're not gonna you're not gonna learn and 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 there's this meme not meme this this i saw it on instagram and i think it was selma hayek and she make the mistake and when you make the mistake you own the mistake because people are wanting to you know point the finger oh you made the mistake and just say yeah yeah i did I made the mistake and, and then that's it. What other conversation could you have if you say, yep, I did make the mistake? What, and other, I know, yeah, what other conversation could what you other, have? What other, exactly. I made the mistake and I've learned from it and sort of end a story. Right? So, yeah, I mean, you hear the, you hear the phrase all the time. Oh yeah, fail, you know, failure is good and this and that, you know, you learn your lessons and whatnot. It's great. And I completely believe in that. But how many of us really, really lean into that? And I think we believe that failure is good and we believe we will have lesson learned from it. But how many of us really embrace it for that? It's hard. I think that so many of us call it a failure when it's barely even started yeah you know like just because you make you reach out to three people about something and none of them decides to engage with you but really you reach out to three you know three thousand that's you know very 
small percentage of who you know or who could be helped or who needs to hear what you have to say or needs the advice that you have to offer or the program that you've created or, you know, don't quit before you even get started. And and that's the thing that happens way, uh, that happens way too often. And I think that that happens because either you lose steam, you, you know, you're excited in the beginning and whatnot, and then you realize Oh, there's a lot to do here. Mm-hmm. And then you lose steam a little bit. And then, you know, you go down and, and whatnot. And some people don't recover from that. Some people are like, corporate life is easier. Well, that's until they know that someone like you is out there. Thank you. It's true. <laughs> because they don't, they don't know that there's someone out there to help them. And they quit before they realize that it's just the beginning and they quit because it's painful. It's like darn painful. I I don't know if you remember, but my second launch, no one showed up. No one. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for people to come on board. And it's like 15 minutes later and, and no one. It's tough. The second day, okay, maybe they forgot. You trudged along second day of a five day launch. No one. And that was like one of the times where I thought, again, it's not regret, but that's, that's when I said, Oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? You know, and at that moment in time, I could have easily said, and I was really scared to get off that, that zoom call. I did not want to like not leave on that second day. I did not want to leave that call. Even though I was the only one there, I didn't want to leave. And I thought tears were rolling down my face and, and whatnot. And I thought to myself, like, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if no one shows up to this launch? Then, no, you know, you just you just get caught up in the moment. And I made a split decision right then and there. And I decided to speak as if people were there. Because I decided at that moment, I'm going to record this. And I'm going to use it for a future online course. So I have those recordings. I have um, those recordings. When are you launching your course? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you. It's an idea. It's on the back. I have no, but it's it's on it's on my list. But I think at that moment, Ali, honestly, if I didn't, if I l- clicked on that leave button, I was not just leaving the call. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I just really honestly, I just said, I'm going to do this. And I'm sure if I, if I listen back to those recordings, my voice was really, really shaky because I was, I was, I was crying and I'm really happy. I, I trudged through it because I am capable. I have to ask you this. How many more since then, how many zoom recordings have you done? With people in attendance. And how many Zoom recordings have you done with zero in attendance since then? To be quite honest. No I, Zoom I, recordings with zero attendance. No, no. And mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. But now I do it in a different way. I don't do the launch because I realized launches were not my thing. I don't have the audience to do a launch. 
But that's again, that's a that's that's my lesson there. Like, okay, girl, launches are not for you at the moment. I need to do a different way of launching. And that's what I've done. So I do it through my network. Not a failure. It wasn't a failure. No, absolutely wasn't. You were like, oh, okay. Well, hmm. how else can I do this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I think if I, if I would have left that Zoom call and not have recorded those calls, because the three days later, there were three more days of that launch. And I, and no one came and I went ahead and, and, and did it anyway. And I just think if I didn't do that every day of, of that, and I was just so glad for it to be over that I think I, I went to Italy after on that weekend, the weekend it was over because it's just 45 minutes drive, the, the closest part to Italy. And um, <laughs> I just couldn't wait for it to be over. And when it was over, I had another good cry and I was like, you know what? I can do it. Like it was the hump that I think I needed to get over. Mm. Right. And that, that changed a lot of things for me. A lot of things. Right. A zero showing zero people coming to a zoom five day launch. You pushed through and that's amazing that that was your hump. Yeah. And, and who would have, who would have thought, I thought my hump would have, been completely something else something to connect to do with like social media or something like that but you know that that was pretty heavy that put a lump in my throat of like wow I need to do something that lit a fire under me that I need to really be on my toes about this and I need to I need to do what I say that I'm gonna do right and and that's another thing entrepreneur has taught me it's that there's no one. The other thing about being your own boss is there's no one saying, okay, you got to do it, you know, and it's great on one hand. On the, on the other hand, it's like, oh, you know, I got to do it. And it's, it forces you to be accountable, you know, to yourself first yeah. and foremost. And it's yeah. not easy. And you and I both know this. It is so not easy sometimes to be in that accountable mode, especially when that's not your norm, Right. right. You're used to sending the email to XYZ department. Uh, can you send me the numbers for the such and Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're the XYZ department now, and you're also the researcher for the XYZ yeah, yeah. department. Yeah, you know, we are CEOs, the chief everything officers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like it. So there's a, I like it too. In fact, when I scale, because I'm manifesting it, when I scale, I'm probably going to have a hard time letting go. <laughs> Of all the things, right? You know I'm a geek, so it's like, okay, please leave my Trello board the way I have it. <laughs> this is the only colors that we use on Trello boards. Don't add any of your other colors. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate you talking to me about the journey of entrepreneurship and the fears and loneliness, connection lies. I think we really talk to the heart of our hearts and our dreams, especially at a certain age in our life, you know, when sometimes not being educated or having a piece of paper thinks that'll hold us back from something. It will only hold us back if we allow it to hold us back. Mm -hmm. But where can women 
find you that are like, I need to talk to Jeanette about all these ideas that I've got. I need, I need to surround myself with her. Where can they find you? And are you, are you open to them reaching out to you? Maybe that's even more appropriate. Absolutely. I definitely want women who are ready to pivot from corporate or wherever they are to reach out to me, even if they're not sure if they should, right? Uh, that's probably the best time to reach out to someone. And I'm on Instagram and that is Congage. That is C-O-N-N underscore G-A-G-E. And I'm on Instagram as Jeanette Seffrey, C-E-F-R-E. And they can reach out to me anytime. I'll be more than happy to you know, have a call, have a conversation. So you mentioned uh, you women, you're two steps ahead of someone. The woman that you are two steps ahead of you needs to hear what? The woman who is two steps Wait. behind me? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> let, me, let me ask it again. Okay, you mentioned that you're two steps ahead of a woman. Your, your, our coach told you you're two steps ahead of someone. The woman that is two steps behind you, what does she need to hear? I think what she needs to hear is that it's normal to be hesitant, but there is an entire community out there to support you and listen to your heart, listen to your intuition. And there's always someone to fast track you to getting to the point where you need to be. And I say that because we tend to want to, you know, do our, own due diligence, which is fine, but that takes time. And that woman who's in corporate more than likely doesn't have that time to waste anymore. So reach out, find your community, your tribe, find a coach and a mentor in the area or field or industry that you want to go towards and really lean into that, right? Um, even if you don't find that them immediately find your space and it's so important because that is what has really allowed me to bloom in the sense of finding myself because entrepreneurial pursuit is definitely a pursuit of finding yourself it's the right it's the right word yeah it really is i appreciate you so much and I appreciate you, Allie. I am so, so grateful to have met you because, like, I, we would have not met each other otherwise if not for our community. Mm-hmm. So this is super amazing. Yeah. And you have to be on my show. I'm putting it out there. Op- opting out to start up? Yes. So what if I don't fit in that category? You do fit into that category. Do I? That's another, that's another podcast. Oh my God, here we go. Oh, Oh. all right. Thank you. Do you think, yeah. And cut. Cut.
how do you think that went? I loved it. Okay. Not at all. Like I feel I like, I hope in the editing, you know, when I do and I talk, we're all over the place. So I hope it's in a way that it can be good. If we need to do it again, I'll be more than happy to do it again. Mm, I think we're going to do pretty good. Okay. I think it's relatable. Good. The more importantly, are you happy with it? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This isn't going to be the first time you're on either, you know? No, I would love to be on. We circle back. We got to check in. What what are you working on? How's that pivot going? Yes. So. What I wanted to ask you to say, now that we're officially cut, but what makes you think you're not opting out to start up? Yeah. Because I've never been at a job longer than six years. I quit and move on. I just don't know. Okay. Well, you, you're opting out. You, you've opted out not to be in a nine to five. I don't consider, if you're a realtor, you, you're 1099, right? Yeah. Well, I've been oh. a realtor for 10 years. So now okay. I'm, I'm ready to quit it. Right. <laughs> I get the itch. But before that, what, what'd you do? I worked on a cruise ship for five okay. years. Before That's that, corporate. That's corporate. Yeah. I dealt with blackjack. Before that, I was a bartender. While I was doing that, I worked in retail. I worked in retail. I've done a bunch of stuff. Just not yeah. ever with a title or real responsibility. First of all, if you work for a cruise line, that's corporate, number one. There's still rules and guidelines that you follow. Oh, yeah. That was very cool, Yeah, for sure. Yes. So you opted that out, you opted out of that to get into realty, which is a little bit more, it's, it's sort of your, you know, you can do it how you want to do it. And, you know, who says that you can't, who says what you can only opt out once? You can opt out as many times as you like. So maybe you're my example of, you know, you're on the verge of opting out again, (laughs) you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, Els. Okay. Yeah. And that's why, because I said, well, you know, when you sent me this, I was like, you never, I always ask people if they want to be on my show. She's never, like, volunteered or anything else like that. It's supposed to be my business bestie. I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. Well, I just didn't know if I fit in that category. But if I you fit did, in and, category. And, and, and actually, the reason why, I'm starting to add to my help statement, opting out of corporate or wherever you were at the time. You know, opting out is a choice to to leave something, to pursue something else, mm-hmm. right? It's opting out. It's making the choice. That's the important part for me, opting out to start up. It's making the choice to leave, right? Opting out first started out with email. I don't want to receive that email. I want to opt out of that email. But now we're opting out of whatever it is that we don't want at the moment in time. And we're going to start up again. So it's this, it, it really fits with my, my symbol is this, you, you can't really tell because I, you know, I'm trying to be all creative and stuff, but my, 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 my icon is an infinity symbol. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're always opting out to start up something. Mm, you're right. We are. We are. 
whether I went whenever wherever you yeah yeah every anything everything I'm not going to do that anymore I'm opting out of that bad habit I'm going to start this bad habit exactly I mean yeah. that's a good habit <laughs> I'm opting out of healthy food and I'm going to start up with Hagen Dawes. I had yesterday. My stress level has been super high this week. I just oh, can't even. No. I had a piece of chocolate cake and a piece of vanilla cake on the same plate, and I ate both of them. Like, heck yeah! Get away from me! <laughs> my son called me. Listen to this. Stop recording. Well, whatever. He called me. He texted me from school. Mom, my private hurt. <laughs> I'm in the middle of this four day meeting. I text my husband. I'm like, what's Your son's private. <laughs> what is this? Should I take him to a pediatrician? He was like, mm. so I Googled 12 year old private hurt. And it was like, take to the doctor immediately. He could have torticollis of his nerves and his ball sack, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. So immediately I am going to pick him up. Then all the way to the pediatrician, Tyler's like, mom, oh, I'm like, oh, God, we're going into emergency surgery today. All this stuff. After that, I really ate the cake. He's fine. He's 12. So what happened? What was the whole? Puberty. Huh? Puberty. Growing growing pains. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'm glad I took him. But it was very stressful to think that there could really be something. Oh, my little buddy. My little buddy. It's fine. Okay. It's... 9.30 your time. It's time for bed. Hmm, not really. But yeah. yes, I will, I will, I will, like, wash the dishes and things like that. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. This is really great. Let me know if you want to, let me know whatever. I'll send the bio over to you first thing in my morning. And I can't wait. What episode will I be? I'm not sure yet. Okay. I haven't decided because I know that I'm going to do some independent episodes talking about mindset shifting and just how how long it has taken me to change my mindset about a lot of things mm -hmm. and working on that. So there is still a lot of kinks. You'll be in the first 10 episodes. And I'll send everything to co-brand for you to advertise that you're on the episode. Okay, cool beans. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Do you still want to do the Jenna Kutcher thingamabob? I don't think we need it. Okay. I but I okay. I agree. I agree because you'll you'll be you're you're two steps ahead of me in podcast mode. And actually, Alexi has done it right. She's done a podcast. She has a podcast. Yeah. She has a pod ongoing. So. Yeah, I just need to, I want to put that as part of my plans for next year. Like, I don't even know what the first steps are. I don't, is it like recording like this is the first steps or? or? No, planning. 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 Because you can get, you could record, 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 but then there's a point that you've done all you can. What are you going to do next? So I, I've done 26 weeks, planned out 26 weeks of episodes. Wow. That's six months. So once those are being played is when I'm recording the next six months. 
and Daylene is at episode 50. And she said everything is starting to change as far as her flow, as far as her connections mm-hmm. after 50 episodes. So it's just like social. Make it, post it, make it, post it, make it, post it. And the consistency is when we'll see the changes in how we want to structure the interviews, the length of time, how many downloads we've had, what our most liked and listened to episodes are. The feedback is what will drive it. I can't imagine. Is she, is Delene having success in podcasts? Unreal success. Really? Is she getting clients from it? Or or what? She has stopped doing free calls. How that? She doesn't come to class anymore. She doesn't come to any of this stuff. She's too busy. She is in her flow of she's helping a whole senior group with stuff. I referred her a client. You remember Jessica from the brand live? The one with the oxygen tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came to me about finances and I was like, let me give you Daylene's number. So Daylene's helping her. She's had lots of downloads. She's just cruising. She doesn't need class no more. I, I um, she's a different such... brand than what we're used to with Ati and B brand. Right. Her niche is not you and me. No, I know. I know. I know. But I, my my point, my thing was like. There's so many podcasters out there. How do you stand apart from that? Like, you know? How many, how many loaves of bread interesting. are at the grocery store? I know, I know. How many varieties of yogurt are there? I know, I know. But, so what we have to really, <clears throat> what I have in my mind is that I'm not doing a podcast because I want to become a podcaster and be wealthy from having a podcast. I'm creating a podcast because there are normal people who can't relate to Jenna Kutcher anymore, can't relate to Amy Porterfield, and can't relate to so-and-so because they have 8 million listeners. But they can relate to me because I'm connecting with people that are two steps ahead of where they are. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. starting. Just I don't have six people on staff. I don't have a paid VA. I'm not happy, but I'm not giving up either. Yeah, of course. So I don't know. That's one. No, one it's, it's, every... it's really, I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful of that. I'm really, actually, I'm really hopeful of that. You know, cause Delene, like when she started do before, I guess she took off her podcast, she was doing her, her IG and, and a little bit of LinkedIn. And I guess that's not her, that's not her area because like, I don't see her even doing any of that anymore, actually. Very rare do I see a an IG. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't see it. Did she unfollow me? I don't know. Doubt that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I'm I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful that I know she follows me personally because she she commented on my dance on my dance thing today. But anyway, it doesn't matter. No, but you know what I mean. It's like, it's true. Hey, thanks for listening and joining us today. 
I hope there were a couple of inspiring moments for you and you realize that if you don't quit, if you keep trying, you'll obviously get a lot farther than if you give up. You might also be an inspiration to someone else. Always know that I am here for you. I am your biggest cheerleader. You've got this. So if you're looking to connect with someone in an area where you're working on, send me a request and I'll do my best to get them on the show. You are worth it all. See you next time.